Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Nobody's Doing You Right, the podcast for those who are uncertain. My name's Kat. I'm your host. I am one of these perpetually uncertain people who is slowly figuring it out, maybe, day by day. I don't know. Um, Today's episode is going to be about dating, which is not something I really talk about on my podcast a lot. I talk about it on TikTok a fair amount, but I don't really talk about dating as a whole. Like, I'm not out here trying to tell people how to be better at dates and how to get partner. Like, that's not really my my MO. I more like to talk about um, people's behavior, their characteristics, why they might do the things they do, why we do the things we do when we're dating people. And yeah, I just find that stuff fascinating. And I think it provides a lot of insight into people and their behavior and also allows you to be empathetic toward people and, you know, be better at communicating with them and expressing yourself and all that fun stuff. Um, So today's episode specifically is about maybe you're not feeling a spark maybe they're just activating your childhood wounds. And I made a TikTok video about this and it did pretty well because yeah, it's a big, it's an important thing to consider when you're dating somebody new because we're often told that our true partner, like our good, the right people for us, the right partners for us, we feel the spark, you know, when the first time we meet them, we feel this like electricity and excitement. And that means that they're right for us. And we're, you know, we're connected on this other plane. And yeah, that might be the case for sure. Like I'm not trying to discredit that at all. But sometimes, especially for those of us who, you know, are on this journey or haven't gone there yet, um, that are still, you know, in the preliminary steps of of having this self-awareness journey, are are, um, acting from places of our childhood wounds and we don't notice it, right? And so when I mean that your childhood wounds are activated, that could mean potentially for someone like me, um, who's a people pleaser, who leans a little bit more anxious. I'm a fearful avoidant, but I, I lean a bit more anxious um, in relation to avoidant people. Sometimes the childhood wounds stem from that. It stems from how your relationship was with your caregivers. If um, you had to be the one always kind of emotionally giving, you might meet people who resemble those traits in your caregivers, um, who m- mimic that personality type or that attachment style. And your subconscious senses that in them like they it senses that familiarity and so that spark is there because it's like oh i know this like this is a pattern that i'm used to i've grown comfortable to it it's exactly what i i know how to fall into right so it doesn't necessarily mean that it's good or right for you or it's going to lead to something good just because you feel that spark it could just mean that you are being activated with your initial programming in a sense you know and so i think it's important to recognize that when you start dating people because it can lead to a lot of discontentment if you're um, acting from that perspective. You know what I mean? If you're going into a relationship feeling like, oh, we have a spark, we're connected, we are probably like really um, aligned or like we're we're perfect for each other or whatever comes up, it might just be that you're meeting one another and sparks are flying because you guys recognize those like childhood wounds in each other maybe and you guys are both falling into it easily and that's where I think a lot of again this is just my my opinion based on like acquired information that I've gotten from reading things about this and also talking to people and you know asking questions because I love like that's just what I love to do um I think that's where a lot of avoidant slash anxious attachment relationships come from you know because if you've read the book attached um by Adam Oh, I always forget his last name. It's not Alan Levine, because that's the singer of Maroon 5, isn't it? <laughs> um, Amir Levine, that's his name. Okay. <laughs> um, if you've read that book, it talks about how anxious and avoidant people like attract to each other like magnets. And it is because 
anxious people have it in them to give a lot, to be very anxiously attached, to get that validation and approval from somebody wanting them. And when somebody doesn't want them, it encourages them or like triggers their their need. And so they become more anxious and they try to get it more. And on the opposite side, avoidant people are told that no one can meet their needs and they cannot meet the needs of others, right? They feel incapable of meeting people's needs because they've never been shown that their needs can be met. And so when they um, match with someone who's anxious, it feels good in the beginning because that person who's anxious is giving them a lot. It's feeding them a lot of needs and, and validation and all that. But then when things get really intimate and that person's anxious still, you know, still kind of giving a lot of intimacy, the avoidant person gets scared and pulls away because they feel like you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into avoidance. Um, but they feel kind of um, not good enough and maybe they need to pull away as a way to protect themselves because they're feeling too uh, vulnerable and that's scary. And again, the wound of not being able to meet people's needs effectively makes them pull away. The anxious person then starts to chase them more. And then that makes the avoidant person pull away more. So it's like this dynamic that keeps happening over and over again. And so it's it's understandable then why when avoidance meet anxiously attached people, they find that spark because it is that pattern that that specific programming that is being activated and triggered with the presence of each other, you know? And that's why anxious slash avoidant relationships are so good in the early stages because it's that that's the sweet spot, right? That maybe like the first month or so from what I've heard and what I've experienced personally, but also like my experience has been um, confirmed by other people on TikTok in the, in the comments. Like we've all just had the same exact experience with people who are avoidant. And if we're a little bit more anxious, um, what the first month is the sweet spot you know it's like that's where the triggering is happening but you don't notice it as what it is but that's like the good part of the triggering in a sense where you you recognize this pattern in one another and it feels good because it's familiar and you're getting those like um needs met the needs that you know the whole point of the the journey to self-awareness is you meet those needs for yourself first right but if you're not there yet you're still seeking it in other people. And so you're each giving each other those needs. And then the actual, like, I guess, negative side of the, the childhood wounds starts to come up. And that's when you'll notice, you know, the avoidance pull away, the anxious people becoming even more anxious, feeling incapable of communicating to not push the person away even more. And that cycle starts repeating over and over again. So yeah, I think it's important to recognize that when you're dating, because I'm right now, I'm taking a break from dating in general, because I have a lot of stuff to work on. And I think, as I've said in another video, it's important once you end a relationship, you know, however long it might have been, I think you do need some time alone, just truly alone, not um, even like talking to any romantic, potential romantic partners, like, you know, chatting or flirting or whatever, giving yourself space and distance from that so that you can process everything that happened in the relationship before. Because if you're constantly having to, you know, flirt with people or make yourself palatable for somebody else so that they like you and it's fun and whatever you're not giving yourself the space to really lean into what happened before what it meant like making yourself feel comfortable with leaning into what was wrong you know and I know I don't know how to explain that in a way that doesn't sound bad but like you know we all play a part in every relationship right sometimes some people play a, a worse part than us for sure like someone who's abusive or a cheater or whatever of course they, they played a worse part um, but we all play a role, right? It takes two to tangle, as they say. So we all have to take accountability for our side of things, obviously. Um, that could just be as simple as I just didn't communicate enough and that didn't feel good for me. Like it could be that simple. 
But if you don't give yourself the time away from a relationship of any sort, not of any sort, but a romantic relationship, but I mean, like, even if it's just like, um, very, very casual, if you don't give yourself time away from that, to sit with yourself and be like, okay, yeah, my part in that last relationship that kind of maybe made it not as great as I would have liked was that I didn't communicate effectively or I didn't recognize that I was acting from these wounds. If you don't give yourself that time, you'll never be able to slowly start working on them and maybe not fully healing them, but at least understanding where that behavior stems from, maybe changing the behavior a little bit, getting more clarity on it so that the next time you get into a relationship again, you won't hopefully act from those wounds as much, you know? But, and this is, again, from my experience, from things I've seen and read, if you jump from relationship to relationship, and of course, I am not a relationship expert by any means, but if you jump from relationship to relationship, you're not giving yourself that time to just process things. And so if you're constantly having to make yourself um, be in this like, you know, this like relationship mindset, which we all have to kind of get into when we're texting someone and trying to to be pleasant for them and have them like us, we don't realize that maybe, okay, maybe the spark I'm feeling with this person isn't that they're actually right for me and they're good and they have, they're aligned in my values and my morals and all that stuff. Maybe it's just that they like me and that's enough to trigger that validation wound, you know? And so, yeah, I just wanted to talk about this a little bit because I think it's very important if you're going to get back into dating, which I'm taking a break from right now, but I know I will eventually start doing that again. Or even if I'm not actively doing it, if I meet somebody, if any of us just meet somebody on the street, I don't know if that happens anymore in today's day and age, but if you meet somebody and you notice that spark, at least now you've maybe hopefully had a little bit of like the foundational uh, reflection to say, okay, is this a spark because there is something potential here that that could be good and fun and enjoyable? Or is it a spark because they are mimicking the same patterns and habits that I'm used to in relationships because of these childhood wounds, you know? And I think that's where any fun and enjoyable relationship stems from is just the awareness of that stuff and how we behave in relation to people and their behavior. Because again, if you're an anxious person and you're in relation to an avoidant person, those triggers will come up and you have to ask yourself, you don't have to, but you know, I think it could be beneficial in those moments to ask yourself like, is this because I'm anxious and they are triggering that anxiety because they're so avoidant that it makes me feel like I have to chase chase them or prove myself to them or whatever? Or am I feeling this way and this excitement and this like, you know, feeling alive again? Is it is it because they're just genuinely like a cool person and I want to get to know them and they're, they seem, you know, somewhat secure or at least they're um, willing to kind of reciprocate the same energy, you know? And that can be tough. It can be tough to decipher that in the early stages of dating. And I think that's where a lot of people um, struggle with the most, right? And myself included, obviously. Like the early stages is the hardest because you don't know how authentic other people are being. But also at the same time, you might not know how authentic you're being. You know, if this is authentically you or if this is your wound acting up, <laughs> you know, if you're acting from a place of being triggered, it's hard to tell that. And so I think, again, it's important to take a step back if you're constantly dating back to back especially if you're on dating apps because as the book attached says again dating apps are where a lot of um, either avoidant or anxious people go constantly right so you're always meeting one or the other on a dating app I don't know I don't know how like accurate that is now the book was written a, a couple of years ago um, but I mean it makes sense right if if somebody's avoidant and they're constantly pulling away from relationships it makes sense they, they would be constantly on dating apps right because they're always having to redo a new relationship to to get to that sweet spot, that one month, you know, fling where things are still good and not vulnerable enough. 
And then the same with anxious people. If they're always dating avoidant people, the relationship's always going to end. So they're always going to have to be on a dating app again, you know? And so, yeah, I just want to talk about this a little bit because, you know, dating is a big part, I think, of people's lives. Um, some people get jaded because of these experiences. And that's totally fair. I understand that. I have a lot of comments in my TikTok video saying, like, just don't even bother dating. Just don't bother. Just give up or just let them go. And sure, yeah, you can just call it a day and not date anymore, not give anybody with these uh, wounds or triggering behavior a, a chance or whatever. Um, but I think for most of us, we do want to continue pursuing these things. And I think having the awareness that, okay, maybe we're both acting from a triggered place can give you a little bit of empathy for the other person and say, okay, clearly they're acting from a place that doesn't really um, make sense necessarily for what we're trying to have here. So maybe that means I have to communicate better or ask them to communicate more or whatever, not just like completely running away immediately, right? Because that is also like a coping mechanism to just run um, and to protect yourself, which is fair. You want to protect yourself and that might be the best option for you right now because you, you haven't established a better way to go about it or a way that feels both like safe and secure for you, but also maybe helps to um, establish a stronger connection. That's totally fair. You got to do what you got to do and what feels good for you right now. So I'm not at all suggesting that someone you have to push yourself into making a relationship work and putting yourself out of your comfort zone or whatever. Like it's all about feeling good and comfortable, right? You want to feel okay. You don't want to feel threatened in any way because that that in itself leads you to doing things that might not be aligned either, right? Um, but yeah, so I talk about dating a lot on my TikTok and the intention behind me talking about dating is again, not to just find your perfect partner and all that stuff and your forever person, but just so that even you understand yourself in re in in these stages of dating or in like a relation to other people. You might also have your own shit that you have to be held accountable for. You have to hold yourself accountable for and you have to deal with because that will also affect you in every stage of, of your relationships as well. And Obviously, I'm not trying to totally blame you. It's like, it's definitely not all on you. And this is something I remind myself of because as somebody who's like a people pleaser, I tend to blame myself more than I do other people. But there's definitely like a specific line or like a balance between, you know, holding others accountable as you should when they do behave a certain way and not putting it all on yourself. Because, you know, if someone does something shitty, they need to be held accountable for that. And you're allowed to be angry at them. And it's, it's, you shouldn't feel guilty for that. But also knowing when, okay, you know what? I'm actually not perfect either and I never will be and that's okay. I don't have to shame myself for it. I just have to hold myself accountable and say, you know what? I did something that just didn't align with me and what I want and it's because of this trigger, because of this wound. And so now because I know that, how should I act the next time? How should I act when I get into a new relationship and I, I feel this way again? And yeah, I just, I don't think this is, you're able to really get to that clarity and awareness unless you take a step back and just let yourself sit alone not talking to anybody not dating anybody and I know there's like an eagerness to do it because you're like I'm running out of time or oh, I need to you know I need to find someone or it's it's sad to be alone or whatever but when you push yourself into it without taking the time to process things you will probably attract more of the same thing and more of your time will be wasted or you'll f just won't feel good and you know the whole point of life I think is to try and feel as good as you can within your circumstances and so I think just having this awareness of your triggers, your wounds, and that, that spark, quote unquote, is a good way to start with that. So yeah, this was a little bit of a shorter episode, but I wanted to talk about this a little bit. I don't talk about dating as much on here. I'll probably do an episode on love bombing in the future and how I view it a little bit differently than most people view it, I think. Because again, I'm trying to be empathetic towards people, have some compassion because 
if you can show others empathy and compassion, you can then show it to yourself, right? Like, like they, they work in tandem. Like you have to be able to be compassionate towards yourself in order to be compassionate to others and vice versa. So I always try, I know it's hard, it's hard, but I try to be empathetic and compassionate even toward people that do shitty things. That doesn't mean I forgive them or I let it slide or I keep them in my life. It's just having the compassion, understanding like, okay, they're probably going through their own shit and that's why they're acting that way. Doesn't mean I have to keep it in my life, but at least I have a little bit of understanding that it's not always because of me, right? It's not always so personal. They have their own shit and it's probably tough for them to live with that. Um, and hopefully one day they will get to that awareness. Um, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, just as a reminder for anyone that's interested, I do offer one to one-on-one chat sessions. If you just need somebody to talk to and you like what I have to say in my perspective on things, again, obviously I'm not a therapist. I'm not a coach. That's not how I'm branding myself. Just someone to talk to and I want to be that for somebody who feels like me and is on this journey um, and I want to share all the information that I wish I had gotten from others when I was a little bit younger. So yeah, um, I'll be back again next week with another episode.